Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. I'd asked Father Nathan uh, a day or so ago if he wanted to, if he intended to preach at this Mass. He goes, no, they're going to hear enough of me later in the night, so why don't you preach? So I'm, I'm happy to preach, although I love hearing you preach, so I'm the one who's getting gypped out of this tonight. All right. Well, again, friends, my name is Father Patrick Schultz. I'm one of the priests here at Sacred Heart, Father Joe Labox, the pastor, and uh, it is just a joy to have you here. And I want to first thank Dr. Valeri White for uh, having the dream to put this on and the, the whole team of Doxology Clinic here in Wadsworth for uh, putting forth the effort and getting this ball rolling. It is uh, it is quite the gift to have a clinic like yours right here in town. It is just a real, real awesome thing. Um, it's one of those things I think about, you know, like where they say in the scriptures, can anything good come from Nazareth? And I think about like, we've got this amazing fertility clinic in line with church teaching, helping women understand their cycles, helping achieve pregnancy for those who can, blah, blah, blah. Just amazing thing. In Wadsworth, it's just awesome. It's just such a it's such a treasure. So I'm so grateful that you guys landed here, and uh, I get to be here as well. One of these days, I got to come visit the place. Anyway, we'll get it. We'll we'll make it happen. So, like I said at the beginning of mass, I I do think that uh, it is just so. It is whatever the church can do to support marriages and uh, to to help build into holy marriages. I think it's one of the most important things we do. Um, I was at a conference last January, and uh, someone was speaking about how in the church we often we often act like smoke fighters instead of firefighters. That we were constantly chasing after the symptoms of the problems instead of the problems. Um, talk about vocation crises in the in the church and in the world. Uh, most people often think of the declining numbers of priests and religious, and that's absolutely true, but that's not ground zero for the crisis. It's, it's marriage. So we need healthy, holy, just incredible, saintly marriages. So nights like this are awesome to invest in your own marriage. So we have tonight, uh, this afternoon for our gospel, these words from Jesus that I personally have been chewing on Oh gosh, for the better part of a year or two at this point, year and a half at this point, that uh, they they are shocking words, sort of paradigm shifting words, words that if if you really let them in, it just, it changes everything. I've been contemplating these words, and and I mean, it brings me to tears. It's just pierced me what the Lord says in the gospel. So what I want to do first is I want to uh, I first want to point I want to point to the verse. I want to, I want to talk about that verse, but then I want to back up and try and explain why these words of the Lord are just so unbelievable. And finally, I want to connect why Jesus's words in this gospel are such good news, not only for us individually as disciples, but also for you in particular as married people. Um, the good news is always good news, but it's in particular good news for those who are married. So, all right. So what verse am I talking about? Because I know you're probably thinking, like, I don't know, Father Nathan did a beautiful job reading, but I didn't catch the verse that's so life-transforming here. Okay. Did we hear the same gospel? Yes. All right. So Jesus, he's comparing our present suffering to future glory by, by referencing, you know, a woman in labor. Also, very in keeping with the theme of the night, doxology, all these things. Thank you, Jesus. Then he says this. <clears throat> so you also are now in anguish. 
but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy away from you. I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy away from you. I just want you to pause and consider for a moment what what has brought you joy this past week? Or as C.S. Lewis said, what has surprised you with joy this past week? I'll just share some of mine. Like this past Monday, I walked into our school around lunchtime when the, the lower grades, the uh, kindergarten, first and second graders were all having lunch. And uh, one of the little guys, it was his birthday, so he ran up to me, gave me a hug. I said, happy birthday. And then all of a sudden, it was this like hugging mob scene. I got mobs. It was like a, the adorable zombie horde coming at me. My legs were getting hugged. I mean, it was every kid in the cafeteria had to hug me. It was the cutest thing you can imagine. It was so precious. It was absolutely so precious. I was just, it, it was one of those spiritual fatherhood moments where I was like, Lord, this is, this is too much. This is too good. That was Monday. Tuesday, Tuesday, I drove over to some friend's house for dinner, and it was one of those beautiful, beautiful days we've had this past week. It was one of those days where, like, all my windows down in my car, sunroof open, I was blasting some Zach Brown band on my Spotify, and it was just, like, amazing. It was one of those amazing, piercingly beautiful, joyous drives. It was just, ugh, like... I want this drive to last forever kind of drive. The way the sun was going over the hills, especially here in Wadsworth. The sun in Wadsworth is just especially beautiful. That's a little sales pitch for anybody who wants to move into town. Anyway, so I get to their house and it was just awesome, delicious meal. Again, one of those meals where you're just like sad that the bites are ending. You're like, I just want more pesto. I just want to eat more pesto. But there's no more, right? We, dinner ends, and then we are, we're all sitting on the couch, and we watch the movie Three Amigos. Come on now, right? Like, talk about joy. And we were all just crying, laughing. So it was, again, one of those nights where it's like, this is just so good. Just so good. So, so, so good. Wednesday, we had uh, one of our second, it was our second to last all-school rosary. So we had Blessed Sacrament on the altar. I had my altar servers up here kneeling, praying the rosary, and all the kids just, again, it was a beautiful, it was just beautiful. Like, they're locked in. No one fainted from the incense, so that's a win. It was just beautiful, the way that the kids, like, you know, they tend to get fidgety, they all get fidgety, but they weren't. They were just locked in and praying. Again, it was one of those heart-piercing things, and later that evening, I, uh, I got to travel up to Cleveland and I went to um, the Cleveland Yacht Club. I'm the chaplain for the Cleveland chapter of Legatus, which is the Catholic Business Owners Association. With this amazing speaker, and before the speaker, um, I get to hear confessions. And at the Cleveland Yacht Club, they set me up on this like veranda deck area that overlooks the marina. I mean, it's a lot better than this confessional. I'll just say that. Like, I don't get a good view of boats from this confessional. It was just like. Oh, just light breeze, sun beaming down. Like, oh, Lord, you're spoiling me. This Thursday, uh, yesterday, I was home for my day off, and I, I visited some friends of mine, and uh, they they surprised their mom for Mother's Day with a bunch of little ducklings. Every mom's Mother's Day wish, I imagine. A bunch of ducklings. Anyway, so I pulled in the driveway, and all the little kids are sitting in the grass, 
holding these like little like ducklings. They're three days old. They are so cute. I've never felt anything softer in my life. It's so good. And then later that evening, I, I joined the family. We went to watch uh, one of the boys in the family. He was he had a baseball game. I was sitting on the bleachers, sitting next to my one goddaughter. She's going to be turning 10 next month. And uh, just sitting there watching the game, and she just had her head just resting on my shoulder. It was just like, oh, man. This moment, I just wish you could freeze this moment. Like all of these things, all of these moments for me just brought intense joy. These moments that pierced, pierced me, right? And they, these are the moments that like awaken in our heart this ache, this longing that says like, I love this. I want this. Like whatever, there's like life and then there's life. There's this moment, right? And whatever this moment is, I wish I could grab the remote control of life and hit pause because I want this just to be forever. Like, I know you all know what I'm talking about. You have your own versions of these moments. You have your own stories that you could tell. But the thing, what do they all have in common, these moments of joy? They don't last. They don't last. They're so fleeting. And like the moment you try and bottle it up, it's already gone. Isn't that how everything is, though? Like when our church was decorated for Easter, Easter Vigil and Easter Sunday, there were flowers galore. It was like Petiti Garden Center puked up in our sanctuary. It was so beautiful. And it smelled so good. And I'm simultaneously filled with such delight and such sadness because... Give it a few days. They're all going to wilt. They're all going to go away. That's how it is with springtime, right? The blossoms, they burst on the trees. So beautiful. But they don't last. The love-hate relationship I have with the lilac bush bushes that are on either side of the rectory front porch. When you, If you get a chance, the rectory is just over here. And either side of the rectory front porch, there's a huge lilac bush over here and a huge lilac bush over here. And sometimes when the wind is just right, it's like blowing you from both sides and you're just you're sitting on the front porch on the chairs and you're just overwhelmed with how good it is. But they're going to go away soon, a few days, a few weeks. It's all going to go away. The joy is fleeting. The, the, the lilac blossoms don't stay. The, the ducklings, they, they turn into dumb ducks. They don't stay little ducklings forever, right? The puppies become dogs. The babies become kids who become tweens, who become teens, who become young adults. So what do we do with that? Because if we're honest with our hearts, our hearts don't want to live in a world where beautiful things fade. If we're honest about our hearts, we want to live in a world where love doesn't end, where there aren't goodbyes, where the joy lasts. Pope Benedict, Pope Benedict XVI is a German shepherd. Pope Benedict, in this book, before he was Pope Benedict, Introduction to Christianity, Joseph Ratzinger, he was, these are, it's a collection of his lecture notes when he was teaching um, essentially college freshmen. College freshmen were very different back then. But this is what he had to say in this book. This, is a, this would be great summer reading, by the way. 
To the Christian, faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ is an expression of certainty that the saying that seems to be only a beautiful dream is in fact true. Quote, love is strong as death. It's a quote from the Song of Songs. In the Old Testament, this sentence comes in the middle of praises of the power of eros. Eros being that longing in us for the infinite, right? But this, this by no means signifies that we can simply push it aside as a lyrical exaggeration. Listen to this. Listen to this. The boundless demands of eros... Its apparent exaggerations and extravagance do, in reality, give expression to a basic problem. Indeed, the basic problem of human existence. Pause. Pause. In your mind right now, what is the basic problem of human existence? Just think to yourself. Just Joseph Ratzinger is about to tell you. The basic problem of human existence insofar as they reflect the nature and intrinsic paradox of love. Here it is. Love demands infinity, indestructibility. Indeed, it is, so to speak, a call for infinity. But it is also a fact that this cry of loves cannot be satisfied, that it demands infinity but cannot grant it that it claims eternity, but in fact is included in the world of death, in its loneliness and in its power of destruction. Do you hear that? He's saying the problem, the basic fundamental problem of human existence is that you want perfect love. You want endless joy, endless bliss. You want the flowers to never fade. You want the loved ones to never go away. You want the blossoms to always stay there. You want joy that doesn't last but you can't grant that to yourself. We have hearts that are built to long for the infinite, but we can't give the infinite to ourselves. That's what he says is the basic problem. We are structurally disproportionate to our desires. And this, he says, is what we mean by the good news of the resurrection, that in the resurrection, Jesus comes out of the tomb to say, no, no, no. You weren't stupid for wanting this all along. There is a power that's stronger than death. Love is stronger than death. This is what he's saying. And this is where this becomes very practical and good news for you and for me and for your marriage. That one, your heart is not stupid for longing for perfect love, to be loved perfectly. Your heart is not stupid for wanting endless joy. Because that's what we tell ourselves, right? Like, 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 gosh, get over it. Like, yeah, we all, like, the lilacs go away, but they'll come back. Don't be such a baby, right? Like, don't be so stupid. Like, vacations have to end, but I don't want it to end. Like, that's what we tell ourselves. Don't be so stupid. Grow up. The Lord is saying, your heart's not stupid. Your heart's not stupid for wanting the infinite. Second thing is this. What is it that awakens this ache in your heart? What is it that pierces you? What is it that's, that surprises you with joy? Because these are the things that the Father who loves you is putting into your life, your particular life, to awaken your longing, your appetite for the infinite. We have to get hungry for the infinite is the idea. Like he gives us little foretastes. Like all those little moments I was saying, 
I, I want this moment to last forever. It's a foretaste. It's the Father whispering, you will not be forever sad. I will come back to you and your joy will be complete and nothing and nobody will take your joy from you. That right there, that's the thing that just is amazing. Nothing and nobody will take your joy from you. This is, and he gives us the pledge of this future glory right here in the Mass that we can't grant ourselves the infinite. We can't give ourselves the infinite, but the infinite can come to us. He did and he does. Right? He packages himself. He packaged himself in something finite so that you and I, we can feast on the infinite. So the good news for you as spouses is that you're not supposed to look to each other to perfectly satisfy your heart's longing for perfect satisfaction. You were never supposed to be able to do that. And the person who knows that already is your spouse. <laughs> You were never supposed, that was never your job description to perfectly satisfy each other's hearts. But also, do not shut down that part of your heart that says, I, but I want to be loved perfectly. I want joy that doesn't end. I want love that is perfect. I want beauty that doesn't fade. Yeah, you're right. That's called God. That's what you want. Don't go to your spouse looking for God, even if his name is Jesus, okay? <laughs> Don't go to your spouse looking for God. Jesus says in this gospel, you will not be forever sad. Right now we grieve. Right now you're in anguish. All of us in our own different ways, we have anguish, we have grief. I will come back to you and your joy will be complete and nothing and nobody will take that joy from you. It's the unbelievable promise of the resurrection. That's the good news that we have tonight. Amen.